destroy me and end up happier than ever? No way. He doesn't get to win. Whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself. The census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Gina! <laughs> but I don't care, darling. Because I love you. Why do you eat people? Not people. Brains. I can feel myself rot. Now, Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. A boy's best friend is his mother. Hello, welcome once again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I am well. Excellent. And in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going, my friend? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good. I think I'm feeling kind of mean tonight, so we'll see. Oh, no. I know. It's bad, huh? And are we always am – am I a liar by saying I'm doing well? Because I'm never doing well. I'm always like something's – Dude, you are good. It's a social contract, Phil. When somebody asks you how you're doing, you don't answer honestly. Say you're fine. Right, right, exactly. Because no one wants to hear your problems anyway. Exactly. Because your problems are just bullshit. And, and well, no, what they'll say is, I got my own problems. I don't need yours. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> Shit, I say that to my wife. <laughs> God damn PTSD. <laughs> anyway, um, so who are we here uh, besides crazy people? Because that's basically what we are, crazy. Uh, we are the Dark Discussions Podcast, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Basically, what we do here is we talk about films. So horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno-thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, arthouse, midnight movies, uh, foreign language films, drive-in fear, cult films, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. Uh, we do have an email. Discussions at AOL.com is the email. We also have a Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, where you can join in the conversations. And we do have uh, some other stuff on www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, what is that, Eric? Uh, well, you can find a link to our Patreon account there. Patreon allows you to financially contribute to our online artists like us. Producing the show is not free. We have to pay for things like domain names and website hosting and computer equipment and movie tickets and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to help offset the cost of producing this show, that's how you can do it. Uh, for every $5 a month that you donate, you'll have the opportunity to submit a 
topic for us to possibly do on the show. Uh, we draw from all these submissions from our patrons once a quarter and then do an episode on the title that's picked. So if you'd like to support us, that's how you can do it financially. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash dark discussions or click on the Patreon badge on any page of darkdiscussions.com. We appreciate all contributions. Indeed, indeed. And once again, thank you in advance. Uh, we do have the email, as I mentioned, but when you do email us, please email us uh, this way. Uh, put in the subject DDP and then whatever your subject is, and then uh, we'll read your email on the podcast. The reason we need DDP in the subject is because our emails are mixed in with all of our uh, release notices and uh, various other things that uh, companies send us. Uh, we get like 20 to 50 a day and your email will get mixed in the middle of them all and we will never see it. But if you type in DDP in the subject, we can search for DDP in the subject and boom, it'll pop up and then we will read your email on uh, the podcast. Um, so that's pretty easy. Uh, another thing of note, uh, what we are here, it is February 8th, twenty. 24 that we're recording this because uh, some of our listeners like Pam who are always curious when we release or we record our episodes because sometimes we don't release them immediately after however a lot of times we do including this one this one should be released pretty quick uh, but sometimes we put some in the queue so on a rainy day quote unquote rainy day when we're on vacation or we're sick or something like that uh, that we can't record we'll still have an episode readily available to release uh, the week that we are not recording uh, so that's why uh, we do keep some uh, in the queue and do not come out immediately after. Also, sometimes there's technical difficulties and editing takes a little longer. Uh, but all in all, they'll all be released. Um, all right, so that's pretty much uh, some of the house cleaning for the podcast. Uh, I think we are pretty set to go if we have time at the end of the podcast, depending on how long we talk about uh, the film tonight. Uh, we'll talk about news and what we've been watching and things of that nature, basically genre stuff that folks uh, may be curious that would listen to this podcast. So with that, Eric. Uh, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going to be talking about a movie that had a theatrical release in November and is currently available for streaming exclusively on Amazon Prime. We're talking about Saltburn. Did you know there was a college Christmas party tonight? NFI, me and you. Not fucking invited. You all right? Yeah, I've got a flat tire. Take my bike. Hey, that is so kind. Thank you. I'm sorry I don't know your name. I'm, uh, I'm Felix. Oliver. Oliver. <laughs> Oliver, I love you. I love you. I love you. All right, cheers, Ollie. My parents, they've got problems. What kind of? What do you mean, problems? I don't think I'll ever go home again. Well, why don't you come home with me? Come to Saltburn. Mr. Quick. Wow. And here he is now. Oh, beautiful eyes. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I told you he wasn't a minger. Oh, but darling, you're kind about everyone. You can't be trusted. I had them hang up an old school dinner jacket. We dressed for dinner here. Dressed for dinner? Yeah, it was like, uh, it was like black tie. I think I liked you even more than last year's one. You're so, um... So what? Real. Times have been easy for Venetia. With you being a mother. Why? Now it's time to take things up a notch. 
Shorty had them apple bottom jeans Boots with the fur This place You know, it's not for you Lots of people get lost in Saltburn. Oh, that's just giving me goosebumps. Look, Pamela. Oh, no. I think you're not quiet, harmless, drawn to shiny things. <laughs> what have you done? I just thought that maybe I could help. You're not leaving us. You're not leaving I don't think I'll ever go home again. Uh, that's right. Saltburn is a uh, new film, as Eric mentioned. I don't have to give the dates out again. Uh, but that was the trailer. Uh, the film is directed by Emerald Fennel and also written by her. Uh, she's a uh, English woman uh, that has uh, done film writing, acting, and so forth uh, for some years. Uh, she is probably best known for her 2020s film, The Promising Young Woman, which I know uh, uh, Eric liked, and it was uh, actually um, a winner of best uh, screenplay, original, original screenplay, uh, in the 2021 uh, Academy Awards, if that matters to anybody. Um, this film here is her follow-up to that film. Uh, once again, it's called Saltburn. Uh, the film has a number of uh, actors of note, uh, including uh, Barry Kagan of uh, the, that Deer film uh, with Nicole Kidman. Uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to butt the title. <laughs> I thought killing of a sacred deer. deer. Yeah, that's it. Thank you, thank you. I knew I was going to destroy that. Uh, Jacob Alordi, who uh, is uh, an Australian actor from who's of Basque ancestry, just like myself, and uh, she he is from uh, the, the television series Euphoria, which is. Uh, uh, he's become fairly popular because of that film, or that series, I should say, uh, which is on HBO, um, or Max, if you prefer. Uh, Roseman Pike, uh, Academy Award nominee and a uh, pretty awesome actress who um, makes me feel very old because she's now playing a mum of a college-aged person, which is very depressing. Uh, Richard E. Grant, Allison Arver, Archie Maddock Way, among other f- folks, Carrie Mull- Mulligan uh, also. Um, the film, uh, uh, I guess uh, the box office was uh, $21 million, uh, which uh, doesn't tell us much because uh, the price of the, the film uh, hasn't been noted. Um, the film is an hour and 31 minutes, so it's a fairly long film. And it is... Um, uh, it is way longer than that, full. just FYI. Yeah, Two hours older than this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I said an hour and 31 minutes. Oh, you're right. I meant to say yeah. 131 minutes. 130. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, yeah, I knew, that's, it, that's I knew it felt that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm screwing up everything tonight. I, I screwed up the uh, a director offline that we were talking about, and now I'm screwing up the a time because I did my math wrong. But uh, either way, the film is getting fairly decent reviews on such uh, places as Rotten Tomatoes, if that matters. So basically 71%. Uh, not phenomenal, but uh, enough that... Um, it, it is at least not rotten as they would say. Um, the film, uh, actually, um, 
has 79% for audience. So it's, it's fairly uh, linked. It, this is a, this one everybody agrees where it's it's rated. Uh, the film actually rumors was that Rosamund Pike was going to be nominated for an Academy Award supporting actress, but that did not happen. This film did not get any uh, award notices of from the, at least that that um, uh, award group, whatever it's called. The you know there's the all Academy. Others. Yeah, the Academy. Yeah, maybe from maybe from other places, but uh, I have no idea. Um, so that's pretty much I it. Apologize to the audience. Phil seems to have had a stroke sometime today. <laughs> Knock on wood. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hopefully that never happens. Um, all right. So uh, I guess we get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we third what we thought about this film. There's there's another slip up right there, Mike. Uh, so uh, let's start with you, Eric. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I just heard about this film because um, I saw a promising young woman, and as Phil mentioned, I really like that film. Uh, and so I was really intrigued to see what this director was going to do next, and I was kind of excited about it. Um, I didn't. I went and saw this movie in the theater. Uh, I I didn't like it nearly as much as Promising Young Woman. Um, it's. Um, I found it to be incredibly slow paced. Um, however, having rewatched it again for tonight's episode, I feel that's a weird criticism. Cause I don't know if you could really take anything out and not negatively affect the story. Um, so, so yeah, um, overall I enjoyed the story that was told. I felt it took a little too long to tell it. um, I do think all the acting in this movie was was really good, um, so no no qualms there. It was just a little long for my taste. All right, sounds good. Uh, for me, um, I, I can see where Eric said it was slow paced. Because though I I'm, didn't feel it was slow paced, I could see where pieces could be cut out. So I would disagree with Eric on there. There's a lot, a lot of long sequences with parties and things of that nature that probably could have just been chopped right out, and it wouldn't affect the story, at least in my opinion. Um, but, uh, all in all, I heard about this film through, um, the internet and websites and things like that. Uh, nowhere specific. It's kind of weird. I, it's just like popped up here. I forgot about it. Popped up here. Forget about it. Popped up here. Forget about it and continued. Uh, but eventually, uh, this past week or two, right as the Academy Awards came out, it was one of the films that were noted that, um, um, weren't necessarily were supposed to win awards, but were supposed to be nominated prior to its release. Then it was reviewed, and then everybody said, yeah, it wasn't going to win many awards except for Rosamund Pike. And so she kept on popping up on lists of awards, and, and when when that popped up uh, a couple of weeks ago when they released the the um, nominees, uh, th- those articles just popped up everywhere. And so it, I was forced to see those, those things just popping up in my streams. Uh, so that's how I heard about the film. Um, so, uh, I was one that actually suggested the film, um, earlier this, uh, past week. And, uh, as Eric noted, he had already seen it and, uh, he wasn't necessarily, uh, against seeing it or, or talking about it, but it wasn't a film he said, uh, that he recommended back last year. Um, because he thought it was uh, decent, or basically what you said, Eric. Um, so either way, uh, we decided, uh, or I decided, and, and everybody was forced to see it. Um, but uh, um, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Uh, but uh, actually, it's actually a pretty solid film. Um, it's 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 good. 
uh, its main problem is there's, it, it's just a ripoff of hundreds of other films. Um, uh, the most common that I, I could see and, and I read on reviews afterwards was the talented Mr. Ripley. And I, I would concur. I actually was, was completely shocked with this film because I thought the uh, protagonist was going to be um, possibly the hero. And that's not necessarily true, and I'm being very vague intentionally. Um, so the film was, was completely different than I had expected uh, going in, and it most certainly was like the talented Mr. Ripley, if anybody's seen that. I saw that film at theaters, and honestly, I think that film, the talented Mr. Ripley, was the the most horrifying and the film that made me feel the worst after walking out of a theater ever. Um, and not because it was a bad film, because I think it worked quite well because it was just disgusting and, and whatever, and sociopathy and cluster B and, Oh my God, it's so terrible. And this film is similar to that. Uh, actually it's, it's pretty close to that. Um, and after seeing mysterious skin last week, which was a, uh, a, um, a Rocky, Greg Rocky film. And he had done doom generation and they had some weird things in that, that felt oddly into this film as well. Uh, so all in all, it was a good film. Uh, but, uh, I, w- I would most certainly recommend a talented Mr. Ripley before this film any day. Um, but all in all, it's, 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 it's good enough film. It's, it's solid. It's solid. Uh, let's go with you, Mike. Yeah. So this is a film I wanted to catch. I, I was a little reluctant to watch it this week because somebody was hitting us about the head and shoulders, trying to force us to watch it. Um, <laughs> And Eric had been lukewarm. It was a film I thought sounded interesting, and then I was hearing really mixed things, um, where it was very polarizing. And when I think about polarizing, due to the trauma of 2023, my brain immediately goes to Skinamarink, and I want to run away screaming. Um, I, I ended up liking the film a lot. I like this a lot more than uh, uh, Promising Young Woman, which I thought had a horrible script um, because it was just, I thought, stupid. Uh, and that that's a whole other story to get into. And But and that wrong. film I did think had strong casting and strong style. This is a pen. This is a pen. Um, oh, you know, we, like I said, that's a whole other thing. If we ever, for some reason, decide to cover that movie, I will we'll go into it. Um, it is just like um, what was the movie you just said? Um, the Talented Mr. Ripley. Talented Mr. Ripley, except that it's not. So <laughs> I'd, I'd seen a comment like that, and it's like, huh? And now that I've seen it, I go, okay, now I understand what they meant. Um. It's a thriller without really a lot of thrills. And really, a lot of stuff happens in like literally the last two minutes of the film that had it been, had the events been shown to us at the time that they actually happened, might have built up some suspense and tension in the film that is not there. Uh, so I understand why some people may or not, may not be like grabbing onto the film. It is very slow. It is very deliberately paced. 
I thought it had great performances. I thought the dialogue was hysterical in a lot of places, and deliberately so. Um, I thought Richard E. Grant, I had, I, I thought was was very funny in a very sort of low key way. Um, there's a whole lot because this is a very, very, very British film. So there's a lot of like class commentary in this, um, and especially of the sort of upper class that we don't exactly have in here in the states. Not that we don't have upper class people, but just not exactly of this caliber because we don't have the same tradition of the uh, of the nobility. And I had a lot of fun with it. I'm going to fall between Eric and Phil in that I agree with Eric. There's nothing I could, there was no whole subplot I would cut except perhaps the uh, friend at college who was the mathematician who mm. plays no part in the film later on. Uh, but that would save you like a minute, maybe two. Um, but I think, there, but I will agree with Phil that I think you could, could have trimmed a lot from some scenes. Uh, to tighten it up, and it might have it might have increased the pacing, but I have a feeling the pacing is something that uh, the director specifically wanted. Um, but yeah, it's it's I just I just did think it was a very very darkly funny thing. Look at some horror, and and everybody in this film for the most part is a horrible human being. I don't know that they're well, with the exception of. Two people that I can think of. Just about everybody else in the film is horrible, and uh, and it's, and has a lot of fun. I think at their expense. But that's my twisted sense of humor. So that's what I thought. All right, sounds good. Um, speaking of, of what you said, Mike, about 2023 and how horrible it was, uh, Jason Lloyd just released on our website, www.darkdiscussions.com, his top 30 films of the year. And the first thing he said was 2023 was the worst year of horror films in over a decade. So we're <laughs> and not alone. is he one of those people that watches like 400 movies a year? He does. And, and so he saw 400, and he can honestly say it was one of the worst ever. So Why does my turn always get interrupted by some side chat? Because uh, Phil hates you. <laughs> All right. It's it's like speaking, speaking of that, uh, let's go with you, Garrett. Your th- feelings on uh, this film here? All right. Uh, I don't. It would be hard to say I didn't see any advertisements on this. I have an Amazon Fire Stick, so I think it showed up constantly um, at the top banner for the past few months. Um, and. I was curious. My wife was curious, but we never watched it. And then it got suggested for this. So I was like, oh, I got to watch it now. Um, I was iffy. I had no idea what it was going to be about. I generally liked the film a lot. I thought it was pretty good. It was definitely very well acted and well produced and just overall looked really good. Um, My only issue with it was I would have liked a more ambiguous ending rather than the way it did end. The way it did end seemed like, uh, I don't know how every, it's just this brilliant scene of everything that's happened that we didn't get to see throughout the movie. Um, and I just, I'm a little tired of that 
Um, so that was my only issue with the film. But otherwise, I thought it was really well done, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, what did the wife think of it? She did not see it. She didn't oh, watch I it. Thought she, oh, I thought she did. Okay. And no. uh, my, uh, Eric, uh, did your buddy Dan and his wife see it with you? Uh, no, they did not. Okay, fair enough. Uh, did Pam see it, Mike? He did not. Right, just curious. All right, so uh, that's our thoughts on the film Saltburn uh, from last year. So we can, uh, I guess, get into our our uh, wiki arc, the wiki. Wiki, wiki. A student at Oxford University finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. Excuse me. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so that's it. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, that's right. That seems, that seems fair. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very vague. Doesn't say too much. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can get into uh, what we do here on the Dark Discussions podcast. So for all you who are new to the podcast, or those who aren't, uh, what we do is we basically talk about everything and anything related to the film. So what we do first is we do the non-spoilery section. So we give our reviews, but then we'll talk about general stuff. So we may talk about. Um, uh, British wealth or something, uh, you know, anything that's generic. And then after a good portion of that, we'll uh, throw up the spoiler and talk about everything and anything related to the film. So uh, that's how we do it here. So uh, I guess we can get into our uh, uh, non-spoiler section. So uh, what do we want to talk about? Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I noticed immediately in the theater the aspect ratio of this film because it's not your standard aspect ratio anymore. Um, and I don't even know if it's quite four by three, um, but it's square-ish, <laughs> which looks a little bit odd these days in the world of uh, HD video. You know, I didn't notice that when I was watching it at home. Hmm. Yeah, I, I watched it on my phone, and so it fit the phone perfectly, so I, I didn't notice it either. Um, but... Uh, Fair enough. Um, yeah, so, it, it, uh, was, it was not widescreen. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, so uh, um, what I will say else? in general, it was it was filmed very well. I, I there's some magnificent shots in the movie. Yeah, the cinematography was was. was I really, love the maze shot. Fairly yeah, the the whole party scene looked amazing. Yeah, even if it did yeah. drag on perhaps a bit. It, yeah, it most certainly dragged on too much, and I felt it was the type of stuff that you would Mike would say, which is okay. This is the filmmaker just trying to show off. Um, but it, I could see why they did it, but uh, it it could have been uh, trimmed for sure uh, if they did want to bring it to a uh, shorter length of, of film. Um, but oh no, well, I mean, um, that, the party yeah, wasn't that long. Um, it was a lengthy scene. Parts. Yeah, what's Go that? On. There was a few parties, said, but go on. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, the, the are you talking about the there's the, the birthday party near the end? Is the yeah, is the, yeah. And, well, they they had the inside part and and stuff, and then they had the 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 pig roast part and and some other stuff. But yeah. Anyway, continue. Mike. Yeah. But I mean, the whole in a lot of this is just class commentary, and it's just the their extravagance and um. Borderline humanism. Wearing the suit of armor. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was classic. 
That was a good line. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That, that was a great line by uh, the father. Um, and possibly so, yeah. one of the best renditions of Happy Birthday uh, I, I've ever seen on film. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Um, and, and Eric, I did notice the aspect ratio, same as you did right away. The the opening titles feel like something out of a uh, an older film from like the 60s or 70s, and I had no idea how to feel about that. Sometimes those things like really just grab me and work great. And sometimes they don't. And this one landed me like exactly in the middle where I didn't. I was like, is this charming I mean, retro? Is this, or is this annoyingly pretentious? And I really had no idea. <laughs> At some point during the movie, I stopped noticing it. But like first thing when it popped on the screen, I was like, oh, that's not the standard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I noticed the font, but not the aspect ratio. There, there's some weird things like that, like Alice in Wonderland, which is an older film, the Disney film. Um, on on the TV, it doesn't fill out the whole screen, but on like the iPad or the iPhone, it does. So you don't notice it. And then the same with this film here. Uh, it's another one like on the phone. Uh, it's not an issue at all. So it, it's a strange what thing. Are you I'm doing watching not... movies on your phone, you heathen. Yeah, well, well, sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got to do it. Um, or you could plan better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was a busy it was a busy week. Um, I was planning to watch it over the weekend, but uh, um, I, I I'm just giving you a hard time, Phil. And, no, and, and but it's still a fair point. It's still a fair point. It was an, a phone, so that that deserves a scolding. If even if you're giving me a hard time, <laughs> I did not watch mine on a phone. I don't want to get scolded. Yeah, well, you know who watches a lot of stuff on the phone? It was was Chrissy. Chrissy used to do that when she was on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but uh, either way, um, so where do we want to begin? Uh, general stuff. Um, oh, um, by the way, so I did want to touch on the the, the aspect ratio. Uh, apparently, it's it's one point three three to one. It's was done it, when you have the narrower frame. Um it's to capture a lot of vertical. And I guess for some reason I thought it was important to capture like the floor the ceiling to give you a presence of actually being there in that location. Um, and I think it succeeded at that because it felt yeah, like you're I, I, in the party. Right. As opposed to being widescreen, which is really, we, 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 we take as being more cinematic. Um, but it's really something that plays better to wide vistas. And and that's not what they were trying to go for here. Yeah, that makes a certain amount of sense. Right, right. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, Mike, you mentioned uh, English wealth. Um, I, we all know uh, about the country homes and stuff. We, we we hear about it from whether it's the monarchy or the, or famous musicians or actors or whatever that are from England. Uh, the UK, and then of course um, this director, she she's British, so obviously um, that's part of her, her cultural um, being, and as a result, maybe something that is talked about or thought about a lot from her, her childhood you know, growing up. I I heard that there was a certain amount of backlash to this movie because Emerald Fennell grew up wealthy, and I'm just like. First of all, that? how do you even know that? Second of all, do people really care about that shit? Yeah, why does it matter? 
Um, well, do. It, I, I think, you know, it is fair if you're going to whether she was poor or wealthy, it is fair. I feel to bring up someone's um, cultural and I guess well, how she grew up or whatever. And, and to bring that up because that influences how you see the world and maybe even your art and may even make you well, go into if you art. want to bring it up in the context of, of the story that she wrote, maybe, but like people are just like, she shouldn't be making movies because she was born wealthy. Yeah, like, that's, oh, that's oh, crap. Yeah, well, no, no, yeah, well, that's just an ass. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, anybody can make a movie. I mean, if you if I you're luck, if you're lucky like H M Night Shyamalan to be born into a wealthy family and and able to uh, get to do take chances that the rest of us couldn't, should he be penalized for that? Of course not. You know, just like yeah. people well, say, like oh, you're you're have, output, they have you valid know? opinions too. Just because you don't agree with them or didn't live the way they live doesn't mean they don't have right, a valid right, opinion. Right. Yeah, you know, we, we hear this stuff about white privilege and all that. It's like, yeah, but but if you were born wealthy, it's not your fault. So what are you supposed I, to do? I say the proof is in the in the product, and I think yeah. she's proven at this point that she has talent. Right, and, yep. and, maybe, right. She, and maybe, maybe she got a, a step up on a lot of other people, but that's just how the breaks are. Understand because it's not like she's making a movie in which she's excusing the behavior. Not at all. No, if anything, she's yeah. skewering wealthy people. She's skewering yeah. it hard, and it's to me, it's again, it's sort of the thing like, and it, it this drives me nuts that you can't write women or film movies about women anymore unless you're a woman. You know, and and yep. and, and you know, you can't tell a story about people of color unless you are a person of color and let's flip that around because that also then says you you couldn't make a movie about men unless you're a man and you can't make a movie about white people unless you're white right it's just it's it's let them let them tell the story and they're either going to do a good job of it or they're going to do a bad job of it right right and i think they now again you can look at this and think it's bad and i can certainly see why people don't aren't going to like the decisions that they made um but just that's not a criticism it's not your background has made you unsuitable for making this film. Identity <laughs> politics suck. They, it absolutely simply sucks. And that's yeah. that. That's, that's all I'll say about it. I, I just think it's fucking stupid. I, I think guess, we all agree. So let's move on. I just, I just wanted to mention it as a side note. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right. That's right. Um, so, um, so yeah. Yes. Anyone want to go in the pool? Oh my God. What? I get it now. He's talking about a scene in the film. We don't want to talk about that. Oh, <laughs> just disgusting. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there's other stuff in the film too of note, uh, of importance. Um, I, I, I could agree with Mike and say a lot of these people are despicable. I won't go that far. Uh, there is definitely some that are absolutely. Despicable. Oh no, they're they're all despicable, Phil. I'm uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I, agree I, with that, but I. I personally don't necessarily agree with that. I, I will agree that there's some really evil people in this film, but I will also say there's just some that are, um, they're just regular people. Some of them. I mean, yeah. just, they, they have no, a lot I of mean, money. Listen but. to the conversations they're having when he first arrived. But we can get into that post spoiler, Mike. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, we can do that. Um, but I, I also like how it proves and a lot of people have said this in other films and stuff too, because you know they they say, um, you know the, the people that 
aren't privileged are the good people, but people are people, and people can suck no matter whether they're white trash motherfuckers or if they're as yeah. wealthy as you can get. And That, that is and, true. And whether you're yeah. old money or new money or whether you're from one country or you're from another, people can suck or they can be very nice. And And I like how this film shows that it's not just one aspect that determines whether a person is good or bad. And there's there's an easy thing to say evil's easy to pick out. And I'm, I'm, I'm stealing this from, from a podcast, but, but I won't, and I won't talk who it is, but someone said on a podcast I heard today, they said evil and good evil's easier to understand than good because evil, you know, evil while good. It's, it's hard to understand how a person, no, let me rephrase. He didn't say understand. He said, it's hard to, to, comprehend how someone would would take someone that is going to be persecuted such as in say the holocaust and put them in an attic to save them when they are endangering their own life and the life of their entire family and so good is a complicated and hard thing to understand because obviously good just being good is a good thing but you could die from being good while evil and a lot of people, as Mike said, are in this film are evil, and some of them do horrible, horrible things, like really bad things. And most movies talk about bad people and bad things. Most art, most of our entertainment is all bad. So I'm, I don't know exactly where I'm trying to go, but I think the the director and writer, she's trying to say something about people in general and not necessarily specifically the people that well, she grew up around. Absolutely. And, and and the thing is, Phil, when, when we're having this conversation, it's going to be a little hard because, and this is, this is not an insult, but I think we've, we've covered this in the past that you have a tendency to view the world in very black and white terms, right? Evil that, all right. That's, or good. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's and there's true. not always that full, one end of the spectrum or the other. There's shades of gray in between. But it's funny in this particular case, he's he's actually being more kind than Mike is, right? As far and, well, as that's I, concerned. But that's the thing is that that I always try to think the good, even though I know most are bad, and and so I, I yeah, you're right, Eric. I, I, a lot of times I I get the gray, the gray. I don't I don't believe in the gray. But you're always trying to get us to watch movies about it. Yeah, <laughs> the grays, the grays. Well, not those grays, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, yeah. I, I'm being. I, I, but I yeah. A lot of times I'm more kind. It's it's interesting. Even though I'm very black or white, a lot of times I'm more kind. And a lot of people here, Mike, always picks on me about that. Like Phil, they're awful people. I go, and, and, no, not necessarily. And I'm doing that again in this film too. So. I want to point out, I said awful people and rotten people. I didn't say evil. Which right. No, I know. Right. So right. They, they, are, they are just terrible people. Well, and the well, only point I'm trying to make is that every human has the capacity for good and capacity for evil. And how they end up acting is a combination of different factors. Yeah. Right. And, and sometimes you 
you know, if you want to go to the biblical route, as, as Kevin Letts would if he was joining us, people are inherently sinful. And even if you're a good person, you're you're still going to be a sinner here or there. And so what you said, Eric, it sums it up perfectly. It depends on how you act. And even good people can make mistakes or do something stupid. And this film, I don't think, is, is showing that at all. It's showing the heat. Damn, Siri. Um, it's, uh, yeah, and in fact, I did that to me during work at a work meeting today. I couldn't believe it. it was they're, they're, if only you had followed my advice that I gave you a year and a half ago about how to shut that off. Yeah, I know. They're very real. So, I mean, these people are not like one dimension. They've, right. you know, they're nice to some people and they're mean to others. And sometimes they talk behind their backs and sometimes they don't. So, well, and, 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 and I think to to kind of clarify the argument or it's not even an argument the, the difference in perception between Mike and Phil here is that the the people who are being shitty in this movie aren't always doing so intentionally sometimes they're doing it because that's the way people act around them and they think it's the way people are supposed to act right and i think the end of the movie or the final act of the film makes it kind of clear that they are prisoners of their own class in a weird way. Yeah. And, would agree. and that has affected their ability to have empathy. Yes. Or, yes. Or That's to, the, or to act with their emotions. Um, because, of, you know, we all know the, uh, you know, the keep calm and carry on, right? which is a very British thing um, as opposed to, you know, the American thing of lose your shit and go on TikTok. Um, <laughs> and, and you can absolutely empathize with that. Now I want to make a shirt in the same style as keep calm and carry on with that saying on it. <laughs> lose your shit and go on TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, it might work, but um, yeah, you, you, you can absolutely feel what the characters are going through because they're human beings, and I think this would be a great example of how they are they're people who, because of the class structure in England, are completely disconnected from the real world in a way that doesn't exa- really happen as much or for a long time didn't really happen in here in the States. Um I can't remember who it was, but there were people like would write about how they had trouble coming to the United States because you couldn't tell who anybody was, right? Everybody would eat at the same restaurants. They would generally dress in the same clothes, um, whereas, you know, literally you'd be people in, 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 in England would wear the, the uniform of whatever their job was. Hmm. Um, there was a lot more mingling. Now, we do obviously still have now some super wealthy, but it's also not as generational in the United States. You tend to get things like, um, if you get someone who's super wealthy, maybe some entrepreneur and they have kids, the kids tend to grow up to take over the business and they become lawyers and the whole family has a shit ton of money. But then the next generation of kids grow up and become like debutantes and, or they're just, Study French, French, and and, 
pissing the fortune away. Um, and a lot of these families that become super wealthy have trouble retaining that level of wealth more than a couple of generations. Whereas in England, there's because of the whole not caste system, but, but the class system, um, you know, you're this landed gentry and you're pretty much guaranteed to be in that position for a long time because there's wealth and then there's wealth. Right. And like just the whole idea, like the butler in this film, we don't have that in the United States, to the best of my knowledge. Well, I'm sure there are butlers somewhere, but it's not common. Yeah, but I don't think that you have that relationship where the butler is that sort of like dedicated manservant to the to the bloodline and to the grounds and to the building, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's where I don't think you quite have it. You know, you have like just hundreds of servants, um, and that's what they've trained for their entire life to do that one thing, uh, and with a, with an immense degree of discipline. I obviously we do have butlers and whatnot in the United States and maids and things like that, but I just feel like there's a just a difference in terms of the way there's interaction and the way they're looked at and the way they probably perceive their duty. And yes, I said duty. <laughs> duty. Um, yeah, it, it is a, a curiosity. Um, it doesn't, it's not as weird to me as, as you know, you would, you would, I, I would think people would think it would be just for the fact that I've seen hundreds of English films and hundreds of films that take place in England with this type of, uh, uh, class, I guess, upper class or, or the crust. Um, so it, it doesn't, it's like, it doesn't surprise me. None of this was like shocking. Um, I guess the attitudes of the people you could argue is, is shocking, but a lot of that really wasn't because it is the, the typical, um, movie industries version of the wealthy aristocrat. But it, it, it's, you know, as we say about, about, uh, other things, about certain groups of people, uh, there's a reason those stereotypes exist, at least for these folk here in this upper crust of, of England. So it didn't surprise me that much either. Um, and and again, as the film progressed and we learned more and more about, and it started pretty much was at the 43-minute mark where it really went downhill for our uh, protagonist. Uh, and I, I call it getting interesting. Yeah, well, that that, that was the moment that I knew. knew I, I wouldn't call it interesting for me. I called it disgusting. I was like, ugh, that's gross. Uh, I, think, I, well, I wouldn't even call him a protagonist. He's an antagonist. <laughs> uh, right, and 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 so you know, even that didn't surprise me at that point because then it's like, okay, now where I see where they're going. This is this is like the talented Mr. Ripley without being the talented Mr. Ripley, as Mike said. So. Um, yeah, it's and again, it's just people suck too, and we see plenty of films like that too. So not, nothing, it didn't matter whether they were wealthy or poor or or not. They, you know, it's just people suck. So I, I don't know. It was it was it was um it was a good film, but again, 
nothing surprised me because I had seen this in many other films too. I, I will say the last 15 minutes of the film went way too quick. Um, I felt um, that just went like like a snap of the finger. Everything happened, and it was like okay, that that was like time went by way too quick. But you know, it's it is what it is. They they wanted to focus on the relationship between the two boys, uh, the leads, um, more than than the rest of the film. I, I feel. Um, what else did we want to talk about? Anyone? That was general stuff. I think the film is set up a lot like dominoes where it takes forever to get it set up. And then once the pieces start to fall, it all falls very fast. Big time, That's yeah. a really good way of putting it, Mike. Thank you. You just expressed what I've been trying to say about this movie. And, um, now I don't know if anyone's ever seen the British show faulty towers with John Cleese. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. At least one episode, now, yeah. Now, those are 30-minute, probably 20-something-minute episodes. So you don't have a, a, you know, an hour and a half wait for the dominoes to start to fall. But those are almost every episode is an exercise in set up, set up, set up, set up, set up, set up, with the last, like, five minutes being just a barrage of payoff. Um, and they're really well crafted in that way. And I think that's what this film is trying to do in some ways, not obviously for the same effect, because you're not trying to laugh. I don't know if it's entirely successful like that. I don't, I, I do have trouble with the twist, if you want to call it that, the reveal at the end, because it happens so fast and Yep, that's what I said too, yeah. And there is so little set up for any of it. Yep, that's true. That they, you could have removed that entire montage of things that happen. Wouldn't have necessarily changed much in the film. I um, disagree entirely. So, I, I, that I, montage I, I, is I, the only reason I excuse the rest of the movie. I'm just saying is that they don't – I don't think they don't know that they give a lot of clues as to that. I think if you're watching the film, it makes sense that's happening. I just don't know why they wait to give you those reveals at the end. That or just to – I wish they would have left it ambiguous. I would have liked to be like, uh, hmm, is it this or is it that? I don't know. I think they could have – it could have left more of a mystery in my mind and made it an even better film. Yeah, one one of the reviews I read said that they said that if it, it should have ended ten minutes sooner, so that that could be a fair point, Barrett. You, you weren't the only one that that saw that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else that we wanted to talk about that was general stuff to the film rather than specifics? All right. Um, I guess we can uh, at this point. What we do is we uh, throw up a spoiler alert. So we'll throw up a spoiler, and that means we'll talk about everything and anything related to the film. As of February 8th, 2024, the film is available for free on Amazon Prime, assuming you have Amazon Prime and you pay for that. Um, so if you're a subscriber, it's it's there. You don't have to rent it. Um, otherwise, um, whether you want to watch it or not, we're going to talk about everything and anything uh, spoilerly, which would include uh, – um, 
the ending, twists, things of that nature. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so at this point, the spoiler alert is up. So uh, where do we want to begin? Anyone want to start? Who wants to start? Well, uh, this is someone speaking up. Uh, I will talk about, uh, at least in my opinion, even though they had that weird uh, monologue at the very beginning of the film, in my opinion, I was surprised that our lead actor, his character, was a crusty B motherfucker. Um, when, when at the forty-three minute mark, when he started sucking bath water from a bathtub, so oh, that or, was not right. No, no. no. <laughs> Pretty much so, everything he does is not right. <laughs> right, yeah, that's true. And so, detecting it, yeah. So it wasn't even bath water; it was even worse. But my point is, is I I was tricked. I was tricked. I, I did not think, and I was also tricked that he had had it all planned and set up from the very beginning, which came out of nowhere, I felt, while, like, the talent of Mr. Ripley, we knew he was doing the setup and pretending, purposely setting himself in certain situations. In this film here, uh, it it was very much uh, spontaneous, I felt, and then when we find out it wasn't and he had planned it all along, um, I, I didn't buy that myself. That whole scene felt like a mus- mustache twirling scene. I did not like it. I mean, I like. I don't the think, way- I'll, I'll disagree. I don't think it was set up from the beginning. And I mean, I don't think he was planning he, everything from the beginning. He, he said he was. He, he, he said did. he was. Yeah. He said yeah, he everything said, was he, planned. He said he purposely was uh, there. There, you know, basically admitted that he he placed himself intentionally in. Uh, Felix's life, including yeah. when they met with the band. even showed the scene of that. Right. But he also says, for example, that he didn't love Felix. I don't know if that's the case either. Um, right. Well, for I, well his parents he, also talked about how brilliant he was, too. Right. For I just me, don't think he's being completely honest with either himself or the viewer in that opening monologue, and that's worth debating. But I don't think and I always like to use this comparison. It's um, when people talk about planning, I always like to compare it to playing chess in that you don't necessarily have to plan plan your entire game beginning to end if you put yourself in a position to take advantage of opportunities that present themselves. Oh, yeah. Some of these he could not have planned from the beginning because they right. just presented so, themselves. as Well, no, but the opportunities he took were part of his plan. Right. Well, I don't right. For me, the montage, the montage is the only thing that excuses the length of this movie, because I was bored out of my fucking mind for the first 40 minutes of this movie. And the montage is the only thing that redeems that amount of time in the movie, because that's when all that stuff happened. See, I had no problem with a lot of that. I, I set up. Um, I'm not sure. Where does 40 minutes take us? Does that take us to him? Going, 43 minutes. No, 43 minutes is the point where he sees Felix beating off in the tub, and then he drinks the bathwater. And that's when we find out – that's the first moment we know that the guy, the guy is evil or something's wrong in his head. Prior to yeah, that, I, I, yeah. I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't want to be non-judgmental here, but <laughs> I think you need to do more than just drink bathtub cum to be evil. <laughs> 
Well, in saying that, <laughs> I agree with that. All right, in saying that, I mean that's that's well, and I didn't use the word no. evil. I said interesting. He just has <laughs> weird predilections that you don't have. It's it's uh, all right. That's fair. That's that that's fair. I mean, you know, if that bathwater, Cindy Crawford and Pamela Anderson were in, that maybe you know people would. Wouldn't I still wouldn't drink it. I wouldn't yeah, either. But people <laughs> but people wouldn't think this is weird. You're right. But that was just strange because it came out of nowhere. And it's like, okay, if if we if we had known these, oh, you must really like the grave scene then. Yeah, I was gonna say. Oh my god! Even that scene, when it comes, you know he's messed up, but it's even more messed up than you thought he was. Yeah, <laughs> the grave, the grave scene. I laughed because I watched. It's like, oh, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna? Oh my god, is he gonna? <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's going to. Seriously? <laughs> it, it was like it was I like was the, joking. It was, it was the pie in, in, in American Pie, right? I mean worse. <laughs> so, oh, it was God. worse. Yeah, yeah. Because that was just a dumb uh, kid doing something stupid to hear. This is this is just like insane. He's wack a doodle. Yeah. He is wack a doodle. I'll go on uh, yes, I'm on board with status statement. Yeah. Yes. All yeah, those in favor of doodle raise your testicle. So let me, uh, let, me, let, me rephrase, let me rephrase, Mike. We do find out he is evil later. But at that moment, he's definitely insane. And I was like, and again, I'm saying it. it he's multifaceted. I think, no, I think he sees himself as doing them a favor, actually. No, I'm talking about the bathtub scene. That I know, but I mean, in general, his, I don't know that he's crazy. He's just, he's doing them a favor. I don't know what that means. He's taking them out of life. They're they're all miserable. He says that they're all miserable. And he'd no, be no, 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 no. I'm not talking about killing the, the girl in the bathtub. I'm talking about drinking the, the semen. I know okay, you. Are. Oh, right. I'm just completely confused. Apparently, right. Phil's obsessed with this. Hmm. Yeah, I well, it's, it's I was moving on. I'll tell you why, Eric. You remember what I you you always say about with me and bodily functions? It bothers me. <laughs> These things bother me. Okay. All right. Oh, and. And they're, and they're pretty much the, the bodily functions are all in this film. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you feel about his night with uh, Venetia? <laughs> well, you know that that was pretty weird. But but again, it it, it wasn't. I'm a wasn't, vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's just, there's just some strange stuff going on in this film. It's it's really really. Ooh. I don't. Okay, know. I'm done. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to what we're saying about the planning, I don't think he intended to kill Felix. I think when he did kill Felix, it was obviously intentional. But I don't think he intended for, him, for Felix to find out about him. To take oh, him not from the beginning. No, the um, whole thing I got fucked when he made the when he took the birthday road trip. Yep, right, and that screwed everything up, that and it almost killed his whole plan. Right, right, and he had to adapt. Um, I think which, which, which to, is to kill somebody. Well, I don't think he was necessarily going to necessarily going to kill somebody. I think he was trying to ingratiate himself, himself into the family. Um, I think you know he certainly wanted to get rid of uh, what the hell is his name, the cousin. Uh, uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, no, I, I wanted him to get rid of the Farley. 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 I wanted him to get rid of and that that I'm sure he was waiting for an opportunity to to betray him. Because he was a he was let's be honest he was being a dick to him from the beginning, and he he's saw, and I spoil think also well, well he was a true example of a spoiled brat out of everybody. Oh, absolutely. Well, he also he made the main character. 
he probably made the surprise bigger for you because that guy was such an asshole. It took all of the spotlight off of him and brought it to that guy. So you're surprised. Yep. You're surprised more when the ultimate happens. Right. 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 And when it's when it's visited actually more harshly on and on other people than Farley, because Farley gets off rather easily. Yeah, he lives. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. But I don't know that he was intending to go this far. I think he might have been trying to seduce Felix and become part of the family that way. I agree. Which makes no sense because Felix never showed any hetero, uh, homosexual tendencies at all. I didn't. Think, I didn't. I didn't uh, see any. There were scenes shot of them. Uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, but they were cut out of the movie. I don't know. Those rich people, they do everything. And well, I'm not, I think the character is, is somewhat uh, <laughs> delusional, delusional of himself. Um, and it's easy to make those arguments. But anyway, um, yeah, he, he probably had that that fantasy to some degree and had to switch to a plan B. So, Mike, I got a question for you. Yeah. So are you seeing this as an unreliable narrator type of film? It's possible. I'm just saying this as an un... No, I don't think it's unreliable narrator because I think unreliable narrator means that you don't believe everything that happens on screen. Yeah, that's why I'm curious. Actually happened. I would say it's unreliable. I would say it's unreliable in that... I would say unreliable psychotherapist. I I think it's... I don't know (laughs) that he's being completely honest with himself about who he is and how he feels. And his behavior. Um, I do think that he probably was genuinely infatuated with Felix. Yeah, I get uh, that feeling too. And he had genuine, and even though he's denying it at the end of the film. Well, so and that, the only reason that he told the, the lie that he did, um, the big one, <laughs> is, is because at that point, because his whole family says this about him. Felix has new, gets new toys and then gets bored of them. Um, so he's apparently always having a new friend and then getting tired of them and moving on to somebody else. And that happens when they're at Oxford. Um, and yep. to get him back, to get his foot back in the door, he lies about a family member passing away so that Felix feels sorry for him and they start hanging out again. Um I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> well, it's funny because the one point where he seems most honest is when he's confronting Felix in the middle of the maze. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want to lose Felix's friendship. Right. Well, I don't even know if it's Felix's friendship. It's it's just the opportunity to be in this world. I, because I don't think he cares about any of these people, honestly. I think he's a no, I think he generally had, a, had feelings for Felix. Yeah, I don't know and exactly I think that's partly, what those things are. But you know, well, anyway, a sociopath or, or friendship. But he he was making a, a huge effort to be a part of his life. Well, and he anyway, admits how charismatic anyway. that guy is. Everybody loves that guy. There's something about him that gets everybody, including him. Right, and, and again, I want to state, and, and and that may be true, but again, his. Liking these people or caring for people is much different than a non-cluster B person. 
uh, I think everything is specifically for him and not everything's transactional. Well, yeah, he's he's soccer he's, level. He's, he, he's <laughs> transactional. He's not relational. So I, I don't think he really cares about any of these people except for the 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 relationship through the transactions that get him the dopamine hits that he wants because yeah, drives something from this relationship yeah. with Felix that he can't get somewhere else. And that's why he loves or, you know, however he means, because he says he doesn't really love him. He loves him, but he doesn't love him. <laughs> so I don't he's, know. He loves him, but he's not in love with him. Right. Right. And it's a distinction that he makes specifically. And I think for that reason that you're talking about, Phil. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's important. Uh, especially, it, and and well, you know, and I, may, I may use the term "cost to be" a little too often, but in this case, no, no you're absolutely right. In this case, Phil, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I also don't think he's lying when he said he loved Felix because he, in his mind, he did love Felix. He's just not a normal person, and that doesn't mean the same thing to him as it does to the rest of us. Right. right that's fair. that's that. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to say. It's yeah, his imitation of because love. They're still right. It's an exactly because they're sociopaths can marry, they can have children, they can uh, care for those people, but their way of love is, is completely different than anybody else's. I so, mean, he even takes care of the mom at the end, and she's probably. I mean, she was a, a fairly good person. She wanted to help him out quite a bit, and, and even after her. both the kids died, and so. He killed, yeah. he she, killed. She was one of the ones that wasn't crappy because she was evil. She was just crappy because. That's how she learned how to behave. Right. I felt that way, too. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, so, you know, what's, so basically what happens is he's, he's at college, um, Oxford. Uh, he's there on a scholarship for poor people, supposedly. Um, he befriends Felix, so all, this kid's name's Oliver, Quick is his name, and he befriends Felix, and immediately uh, leaves the group of uh, of um, scholarship people to become friends with Felix and whatnot. And he feels uh, he can see the the differences because you know there's, there's a girl that says I can tell that he he dresses like from you know uh, the five and dime rather than the fancy places and stuff like that, but. What happens is uh, his father dies, as, as they say, he, and so this, he says, Felix says, why don't you come with me for the summer to my manor home called Saltburn um, and spend it with us there, you know, relax, have fun, whatever. Um, my cousin's going there, my, you know, my sister will be there um, and whatnot. And he agrees. And his mother is a, a drug-using skunk supposedly and 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 whatnot so that that's that's how it sets up and um i actually liked him while they were at oxford because i honestly thought um he was a protagonist and not the antagonist as 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 you mentioned eric um well I mean, he is, I still think, the protagonist, just because the protagonist is the central character in the film. It doesn't mean they were sure. good. Right. Um, yeah, I know. I was kind of joking, but... but so it's, 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 yeah, I know it's being a little pedantic on my part. Um, but, yeah, he is certainly the, the, the viewpoint character. Um, and one of the first things we get is him with, um, with the cousin, and where the cousin, where he, where 
he comes in to meet his, his, his tutor, advisor, whatever. I don't know who these people are in Oxford. Um, where he mentions he's read the, did the entire summer reading list. And it turns out the professor hasn't read half the books on the list to begin with and was not expecting anyone to read any of them. Um, right. Or and, certainly and, not all of them, at least. It's certainly not all of them. And then... This is where he meets Farley, too, right? Right. And then Farley yeah. comes in 20 minutes late and is clearly an idiot, doesn't know what he's doing, but because his mom was the girl, was the professor's like secret crush when he was in school... Like, they hit it off just fine, and Ollie is just kind of fighting uphill to get any recognition, and he's clearly, as portrayed in the film, and, and certainly in his head, academically, head and shoulders above really either one of them. Right. Uh, and that's kind of how this is being set up, and it's a way to try to get us, I think, on his side, because we are introduced to, with, to him as a poor student. They're on a scholarship, which means he was there on not just for hardship, but also for hard work and effort and talent and ability. Um, whereas you have all these people who are there only because, because of, of privilege. And yeah. Farley is the epitome of that. Um, and so that's a way to get us to empathize with him because he has trouble making friends. The one friend he makes uh, is a is his friend only because he he too has no friends, and, and he's, he's insane someone, too. He's a dink, and he's a little nuts um, because he's good in math and um, has no social skills. Has no social <laughs> skills as people that know math don't. Yeah, and <laughs> um, both my brothers yeah. are excellent at math. Yeah, no, it's, that's it's, my that's <laughs> what my degree is in. <laughs> I'm not saying it wrong. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> but, but anyway. Yeah. But that's all, again, to get us some empathy. Uh, we even see him, his first real interaction. He sees Felix from afar. Who is, and Felix is your... Brad your uh, I, I want to make a side Brad, note yeah. on... I want to make a side note on this. I feel like films are trying to socialize us to believe that the bad guys are good. We're getting so many of these films now where we're caused to empathize with the really bad people. And it's uh, kinda, yeah, yeah. It's kind of starting it's to called being me. gritty, Barrett. Yeah. Um, so, so, so who's the bad guy? Who, who, who are they trying to make us empathize in this film here? The bad guy. He kills everybody. Gotcha. The, Oliver, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, I've certainly well, seen it up. Sorry, Mike, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to. Yeah. I was just going to say that our first clue as to Oliver's being a shitty person is when he ditches his friend. I can't remember the dude's name. I can't um, remember it either. But but he like he introduces himself. It's like it's he's like it's you and me. Nobody else wants to talk to us. Um, and then that one night at the bar. Yep. Oliver clearly makes the decision on the spot. Well, fuck that guy. The only guy who's reached out to me. I'm going to take this opportunity to get in with Felix. Well, to be uh, fair, he never that did say that he wanted to be that guy's friend. That guy just kind of inserted himself into his and, life. And, and, and that friend, that guy was a dink. He was. I'm not saying he wasn't, but he was the only person who had tried to connect with Oliver, yes, and Oliver just correct. dropped him on the spot. That's but, all I'm saying. But, 
but but again, I think that that was a misnomer. I've, I've said what I said. No, no, that's fair, and I, I just want to want to retort. Um, I, I think it's a misnomer in the sense that that guy, whatever his personality was, was a user himself, and he and was he felt cluster B, right, Phil? Uh, it, it, well, he definitely had something wrong with him. How he screamed, <laughs> "Tell me the fucking number!" Oh, <laughs> Everybody I stops talking in the whole yeah, building. I, I would have just punched him in the fucking head right there. But <laughs> the, the thing is, is, is I wouldn't even ever talk to him again. Never mind. But I think uh, he was a user himself, and and the only reason he reached out was because he's a user, not because he actually liked. Uh, Felix, I mean, like Oliver, and even later, he he would keep on saying stuff like, uh, "You're you're you're just being used." But you know, he was just a jealous prick. He was a dink. I, I didn't like well, him. He was, and he was he was reaching out because he had nobody else, right. and so he was reaching out to Felix, not Felix, to Ollie, only because he was a social outcast, and he had no other no one else to anchor himself to, and he right. needed somebody to shout numbers at him. Right. Uh, probably were wearing leather and being beaten with a whip. But um, <laughs> and, and watching uh, three uh, three seven hundred twenty eight. <laughs> um. But but yeah. So you know, I don't. I didn't see that as he was reaching out to Ali out of the goodness of his heart either. Um, right. And that's. I can certainly see if someone told me they didn't like this film because nobody in the film was likable, I'd be like, okay, no problem with that. Uh, any more than if they said they didn't like the film because they thought it was too slow. Because I could certainly understand that. If you're not into the, the characters and the dialogue um, uh, and, and the and it's, it's the direction and then the performances, then yeah, they're plot-wise, it's very very slow. Um, by the way, the, the the I talked about it today at, in. Uh, in school and the faculty lounge uh, was split. One person loved it. One person hated it. So there you go. That explains it. That's what we're looking at. It um, feels slow to me because it was, there was always something going on that was chaotic, like a party or this or that. It felt and like I thought there, was, there was a lot about character stuff. And if, if you like to like people watch, yeah, um, this isn't like we were staring at, Oh, I don't know. Let's come up with something stupid, like staring at a light socket for five minutes. <laughs> what a so, random example there's just, there's just no comparison there just to pull that yeah. out of thin air that's something that no one clearly would ever do in a film yeah. let alone one that gets critical acclaim <laughs> fucking Canadians <laughs> they um, come up they're false yeah. anyway continue um yeah, so, so if that's not what you're into then I can certainly see how people would be bored with this and and they're 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 that's that's perfectly fine. It was so demented I couldn't be bored. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, whereas I just got a kick out of like I said, looking at the characters, looking at the dog. I don't know how much rewatch value this would have for me. Yeah, I agree. Because you already know what's going on. Yeah, yeah I, I, and I, it, I it found might, it worth I, a rewatch just because it's interesting to watch the earlier scenes knowing how it all gets revealed later. That's yeah, true. my problem is once I had already heard the review that said it's 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 just like Incredible Mr. Ripley, except it isn't. Uh, it's not the incredible, the talented myth that's Incredible Mr. Limpet, and then talented Mr. Ripley. Um, well, it, that's why I don't reviews or watch trailers. I I I didn't. It wasn't a review, or it was somebody made a comment about it 
uh, in discussing Saltburn, when I was trying to figure out it was worth, whether it was worth seeing or not. Um, I was like, okay, so I figured that out. But I, I still think it wasn't too hard um, because, you know, there were things that happened in the movie, uh, like drinking, you know, bath water. <clears throat> that might right. include you in something's not quite right there. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the type of film, if I had seen it like 10 years ago, I, I would have been horrified. And, and like, you know, at the cemetery scene, I would have gone, no, don't do no, no. But it's like, <laughs> but, but now, you know, I'm, I'm like, it is 10 years later. I've seen this. <laughs> how's, how's, how's that go, Phil? <laughs> yeah. I, that's, I've seen worse I'm, now. Yeah, but I'm going to have to clip that audio. That's awesome. <laughs> I, but but what, what, once you've seen Serbian film, it's hard to go back. <laughs> well, it's it's not even Serbian film. Like I said, I saw the talented Mister Ripley like twenty something years ago at theaters, and and it was like that horrified me. And and now when I see it, this, you know, I saw Doom Generation Barrett with, with the, the the guy jerking off and throwing sperm and shit. It was like I've seen it all. You didn't, I, you didn't watch it to the end though, did you? I've seen Icky the Killer, you know, I've seen everything, you know, <laughs> you know no, I did not, thank God. Um, yeah. but, you missed but, the scene with two guys and one girl. Yeah, thank God I missed that too. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, none, none of this was like as horrifying as if, if this was a couple of years ago, yeah, I would have been, I, I can't watch this, this is just too gross. But I've been desensitized. <laughs> what has society done to me? <laughs> done to me um but um yeah i i i feel that this plot was a lot like talented mr ripley mike because you had like in that film you had the um philip seymour hoffman character who's kind of like the folly character here except he wasn't as weird and um and then you know the wealthiness and stuff I i don't know it just felt very very I like that film a lot. Um, so I once the bathwater scene happened, I was prepared. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, for anything. <laughs> yeah, for anything. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep, yep. I was prepared. I'm glad I saw it and was horrified and scarred for life when I saw a talented Mr. Ripley 20 something years ago, because I, I do have, for this. I do have one question about something that happened in the movie. That's unclear to me. Right, go ahead. And maybe you guys can give me your take. Venetia. Why would anybody drink bath water? It was sperm. No, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> Venetia. Did, did she actually off herself or did yeah. Oliver just make it look like that? Just he made it look like that. But I I I feel that it was the case because of the monologue over it too. Um, because when he talks about the accidents, there aren't really no accidents, and yeah, yeah. But um, it is ambiguous. That's the one ambiguous death I think that we well, were not quite sure of. Actually, actually, he he tells the mother when she's in her coma that I killed them all. I did it true. all. True. True. So, Right, so does he yeah. kill the father? You know, I, we never I, see a scene. He may have just died of old age. Right? I, yeah, father. I don't know if he actually was actively involved in that death. Yeah, I think right. that's the that one seemed – he waited a long time for it to happen. <laughs> right. right. There, right. there so, are things in this film – like, so at that end where he's like, there are no accidents. Well, 
what about her health issues? What what happened with that? Right? Is Well, and they never explained that to us. Right. Right. And and that's what this is where I'm saying I feel like that ending montage was a bit of a cheat. Because right. if well, that had not been there, yep. right, then you never would have known or even had evidence that there was foul play involved. Right. right. Just the feeling well, that it was. And that's I, why I, I would have liked it better. I wouldn't even think that he was the cause of possibly of her sickness because he said, I'm so sorry that you got sick. And the way he said it made it sound like he may have done it rather than him. Yeah. Yeah. But it's never explained. Yeah. It's never explained. And that's, that's where I, I I have my. He does kill her at the end. We know he kills her at the end though. He pulls the plug on her. Oh yeah. There it's because he does it right in front of us. Yeah. But this is, this is where I have my difficulty with the, the payoff because it's, that's the only murder that is actually done in front of us because even even all, uh, Felix was off camera too, wasn't it? Well, he shows him putting the stuff in the bottle. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was planned, but yeah. I was actually paying very close attention to that when I rewatched the movie because I I caught on that he was poisoned, but like I was trying to catch whether or not because uh, when I saw it in the theater I couldn't remember like I wasn't paying close enough attention uh, as to when they entered the maze like did Felix have the bottle or did Oliver have the bottle I, I just didn't catch that because I didn't know it was important right right well and my question is so he at at that point so that almost makes his whole talking to Felix a lie right when he's saying well you know my interpretation is that that whole time during the party, he doesn't want to kill Felix. He would rather restore the friendship, um, and that's why he keeps on trying to talk to him. But when he finally gets him alone and Felix is like, go fuck yourself, yeah. uh, that's when he hands him the bottle. Yeah. All right. So he's got it planned if he has to, right? He doesn't right. want right. to, but. Right. That's how I interpret it, at least. Yeah. Well, the question is, then the question is, was he planning to kill all of them off anyway so he could inherit everything? Or was that a a thing that came to him after he killed Felix? Well, I think it was the more Farley pissed him off. He was like, this is the only way I'm going to get Saltburn now is to just off of everybody else. Well, and I think that was almost like a battle with Farley because Farley wanted... You know, Farley's like, you're never going to be part of this family. You're never. And so <laughs> that was the final slap in the face to Farley was him taking it all. Well, and and getting kicked out of the family, too. Right. Oh, weren't you giving him coke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, that's one place where Farley did not learn his lesson. He did not outmatch him in any situation. That's true. Well, Farley right. was an idiot, and they they established that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. or at least he was an idiot for somebody who's attending Oxford. Yeah, right, right, right. And he was definitely an idiot to outsmart someone with the IQ of Oliver, most likely too, because he knew he kind of figured out what was going on, but he he was drunk and drugged and all these and a hedonist and all this other shit that he dropped his guard like a fool. He was playing checkers and Oliver was playing yeah, right. That's 3D a good way chess. To put it. 
<laughs> yeah, not just chess, but 3D chess. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and out of all the people, if if you had to kill someone, Kai, uh, Kaylee, whatever the hell his name was, he's the one that should have been killed, and he he actually survives. Farley, Farley, that's the same. Yeah, yeah. He's the one. I, I was saying, kill him, kill him. From and the beginning like, of the movie, I pretty much hated him. He was such a dick. Yeah, yeah. he's a dick for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. When, when he he showed up late at, at the the professor's office, it's like, okay, we know this guy's a piece of garbage. Well, and then if you had any doubt in your mind later on with the karaoke scene, <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. What you can to win over the audience's sympathy towards the villain. Right, but it, but see, even that backfired on him because it was the pay the rent thing, and then he got him to sing. Right. So even though he sang really much better, he still looked like an ass. <laughs> well, and he didn't. And well, the interesting thing is he didn't care, right? He had no right. trouble up and singing for the rent because right. that's what he's been doing his entire life. Yep. Right. <laughs> Without shame. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So, where do we want to go from here? Well, talk, like when I talk about how horrible these people are. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go to uh, when he first arrives, and he hears them talking about him. Oh yeah. About them knowing about it, and they're just talking about because they because they as you know we obviously find out he's full of shit, but when they believe that the father. Uh, died in an accident, and the mother is a, a drug addict or an alcoholic or what have you. And it's like, oh, I think it's just so much more common among those. You know, um, I imagine that's what life for them is really like. You know, it's just yeah. <laughs> they are right. so like well, out of touch, and they speak of people without money as if they were a theoretical construct. Right. 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 Well, also, Mike, um, when he arrives at Saltburn and he gets scolded by the butler and it, it kind of reminded me, uh, William Faulkner wrote, had a, a really good book called Satoris. Um, and, and in that scene is the the white trash people, the servants tell the white trash people that you have to go and use the back door. So they're even lower than the servants, in a sense, and um, and that's what kind of was here. It's like like we're supposed to pick you up at the at the train station. You're not supposed to be here. You're early, and all this other stuff. And and so that then the, then how he hears them talking about him behind his back. And you know what's funny is at that time we didn't know he was a, a scumbag, but it, none of that really hurt him because it's like it didn't matter that they were insulting his family because it was all a lie anyway in his background because he wasn't white trash by any means. The only thing that would have hurt was when one of them said he was kind of ugly looking or something and, and that maybe hurt him. But, but most of it was like, it didn't even matter what they were saying because it was, it was, it was just showing them their stupidity because he had already outplayed them even before they even knew it was kind of funny. Well, yeah. and also the way yeah. they treated poor dear Pamela. Um, oh God. <laughs> it's like, 
when they find out that she died, they're like, she'll do anything for attention. It's like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I used to love living in one room. You know, it's just, oh. That's well, and, that, and that's, that's, that's how you see how diabolical he is, though, when he has the the um, conversation with the mom about her. Uh-huh. And he's just, he totally turned, you can see her just being influenced by what little he says. It's it's right. a great scene. <laughs> well, well, also also too, it shows the hypocrisy of these folk because you know they're saying, oh, it's it, you know they're overdosing and whatever in that that uh, class, you know, and that's how, it must be more common and whatever. And then right in front of them, Pamela is a, is a mess. Yeah, you know? I mean, she didn't even know she was being called a whore in German. She just liked the word and didn't know that, <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah. so and, and yet she's filthy rich. So it's like it's like uh, all you have to do is turn to your right and look at Pamela and it's in your class as well. You know, it was kind of well, and they're uh, also critical of each other behind their backs, too. It's just like it's horrible. Well, but Pamela is also a foreshadowing of what could happen to Ollie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because these are people that like to help the lesser, not because they care really, but they're a little side project. Right. Makes they're them feel good about themselves. Makes them feel good. And it's it's, it's uh the the two guys uh, Ralph Bellamy and Don Amici in Trading Places. Right. <laughs> and then as soon as they're done with you. They get bored with you. They'll let you go. And so, dear Pamela, I think you've been here long enough. I think it's time for you to move on. And, of course, they dump dear, dear Pamela off, and she's dead within a few days. Mm-hmm. Now, we get a, maybe maybe a little different insight after at, at the end of the film um, because they show no emotion after she dies. And no reaction to it. Wait, and then the people get... that are closer to them die, they still show no reactions. So is it that they didn't care or is it that they're just conditioned to not show it? It's this, the British stoicism. Right, yeah. exactly. And I yeah. still tend to think that on some level it's just the poor dear. Let's move on. It's the it's the they they yeah. flush the gold down the toilet. I that's my yeah. that's my tendency. Uh, and my assumption to begin with is that um, what Mike? They what? Is that they, that yeah, that they they felt about her the way you would feel about flushing a goldfish? Oh, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She died. Let's go. Let's go. Go get a new one. Somebody else to save. Oh, here's Ollie. We'll 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 do it with him. Um. Well, and that also tracks with the comment that uh, Venetia makes about Felix and and his toys, right? Yes. Oh yeah, right. Yep. So she is right, and that that's just confirming all of that. It just plays back plays into that whole thing. Um And you do feel bad for her because she's someone who is who's an addict, but she's 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 a bit of a mockery there and she doesn't really belong. This is and Pam you're talking about. Pam. No, yeah. no, here Pam. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Here, Pam. And that's what that's what she's in the credits as poet, 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 po
So yeah, so that there was that, but that that's also oh we weren't talking about we were just talking about you. No, we weren't. Oh yes. <laughs> well, and, and you know what though, I, that's the weird thing about it is that Pamela had an in, and she could have been happy, but she's just all messed up herself because you could have an in with this family and be stable and and not behavioral health individuals. And you could actually have have a good time there. And, and I mean a good time in the sense that you don't even have to, not with drugs and all that shit, but just a normal, healthy life there if you behave properly yourself, if you didn't have behavioral health yourself. But they do have problems, most uh, like Pamela, and because she was a, let herself be used and abused and boozed and drugged and whatever else she did her life sucked whether it was there or not that that was probably what was keeping her alive living there oddly um while someone else who was well adjusted say we we had uh one of felix's normal friends that wasn't all messed up that went there they would have a house they would have food they would have whatever and they would be able to do all their hobbies they would be able to study they would be able to do exercise they could be do all these things and not abuse themselves or be abused by those people that live there. It's just that the people that they chose were misfits, I guess, Pam. And they thought Oliver was a misfit maybe. Because right, and that's what does them in is that they mistakenly take in someone who's not. Right, right. right. They, well, they bring and... in people who are, they think, wounded and damaged, and they try – and they, 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 they don't fix them. They prop them up. And maybe maybe they, they should pick people that aren't damaged at all. Just people that are mentally they don't healthy. Feel good that are, about it. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, they could have picked more people though that are aren't damaged and and just brought them in. I don't and, know. But they don't even pick a port. That's the thing. Everything about yeah, yeah. about Ali's a lie. He's not poor. His mom right. is not an addict. His dad isn't dead. Yeah. He he does not need them in any way, shape, or form. Outside of an emotional desire. And isn't that really what makes Felix mad? That that he doesn't actually need them? His life is actually better than he thought? So he's not fixing him? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I think it was a blatant lie that pissed him off. I mean, yeah. I, I see what you're saying, but I don't think Felix was that like them because he was had all those problems. He he liked Felix because, I mean, he helped liked Ollie because Ollie let him use his bike and he said, yeah, this guy's a good, good guy. And so I don't think it was, but then when he found out his life was horrible, that made him feel, well, you know, I, I should also help this guy. So I actually felt Felix liked him and actually wasn't. I do too. Him. I was just wondering. No, no, know, it's a good question. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. So, you, so you, you were actually on the same board as myself and what Eric just appeared to agree with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And, just and part of Ollie's brilliance is ingratiating himself with Elspeth, right? Yeah. Because he makes her feel good about herself. Um, and then all these horrible things happen. And, and one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is after Felix has died. And I think it's after Venetia has died, too. Um, <clears throat> when father sits him down in his office and is like, look. I don't think this is good for anybody. I think you need to go. (laughs) 
And Ollie's like, no, but I don't feel like leaving. <laughs> I want to be here for her. I, I, I think I should stay. Uh, and then eventually he's, he pulls out his checkbook and he's like, how much will it take for you to go? He's like, I really don't think that's the right thing for Elsbeth. And the guy's like, how much? And then it goes to him not being there anymore. So we never find out how much, but there was a number. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he also says, why are you doing this? <laughs> so he, he does a good job of being um, or seeming to be sincere that he wants to stay for her. <laughs> so I like that, too. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, it was a sad moment uh, when 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 the father had to buy the kid off because it's he, he didn't even have the power to just throw him out because the wife mm-hmm. wouldn't allow it. Yeah, it's it's. It was very sad. Very sad. Well, and you, you can you can tell that like just because of the the British stoicism, the dude trying as hard as he can not to just fucking snap on Ollie, um, and right. scream at him, get the fuck out of his house. Um, but no, that's that's not proper. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, where else did we want to go uh, on anybody else's list about this film? I guess not. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, let's talk about um, his his parents. All all his parents. Um, do you think they were clueless that he was a sociopath scumbag? I do not. Yes. I do not. Really, you don't. Don't. Because well, I, I don't know that they knew he was a sociopath, but the father definitely didn't think much of him, you know, like he was going to leave and everything. And I think they have some clues as to his uh, behavior. Hmm, that's not how I read that. Yeah, I didn't read that I think, either. I think they just had a, a, a bad relationship with him, so they didn't particularly care. Well, I mean, at least the father didn't particularly care if he's around or not. And maybe that's one of the motivating factors for Ali lying and getting the stay at Sulper. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm thinking that maybe they tried to love Ollie, but Ollie was Ollie. And, and so, yeah, I, I mean, still love them. That's why I yeah, feel like yeah. they had a, they had an idea in their head that. He yeah. Was, yeah. There's something right about him. Yeah. yeah. Didn't they say that the he didn't even really get along with his... to get a hold of him? That's why Felix talks to her in the first place. Yeah, don't they that... say at one point that he doesn't even like get along with the sisters or something like that? Yeah, that's right. He has siblings, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh right. And one of his lies was that he was an only child. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he must have been a black sheep in some way. For sure. Mike, what about you? What's your feelings on his relationship with his parents? I think the parents love him. I don't know that they see him for what he is. Um, yeah, he may not get along well with his, the sisters, but, you know, that's not exactly a new thing in uh, a sibling thing, right? Right. So... Yeah. Um, I, I I think they're clueless. 
I, I don't think they have. They certainly have no idea that he's been lying about who he is and what he's lying about how he's doing in school and that uh, that uh, people think that she's a drug addict and the father is dead and they definitely don't know that part. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, sure. and I, I'm not it, saying they knew that, that part. Felix during that scene was taking almost a perverse pleasure in in making Ollie squirm by not revealing that he'd lied to the parents, but but calling out each and every one as they were revealed. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. At that point, I, I think Ollie. I'm not Ollie. I'm sorry, Felix was had decided that this guy's a scumbag and he lied. Absolutely. Yeah. So at that point he didn't like him anymore. And I, I concur that, that he was, yeah, he was trying to put the the dagger in him, but he, he, but, the, and that's the thing though, you're going there to rekindle his love or his relationship with his mother. And then you find out the whole thing's a lie. And it's like, Oh my fucking head this past year and a half. <laughs> right. I mean, what the? F- yeah, yeah, I would be all done. Yeah, this is, I'm done. Yeah, I don't. I, you know what? I don't think I would have brought him back. I would say, you know what? You're staying here, and we're just going to mail you all your your clothes. Back. Yeah, I'm with you. That's what I would have yeah. done. Yeah, you're done. Well, I I get the point, but at the same time, I think that Felix didn't want his parents to know that he'd right. been duped so badly, and that's why he went through with the party. I agree. He didn't even want to tell them. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, and the mother had already been. He, she, he was so ingratiating with the mother. She was. She wanted that party, man. Right. Oh, but, right. I, and I. But I think I mentioned the birthday song. They didn't give a <laughs> shit about what the party was about. They didn't give a shit about him. No, right. Not at all. They didn't know his name. <laughs> right. Happy birthday, dear. But but you know what though? I would think. If Felix came home and said, uh, we've been duped, I think they would have said, yeah, it was just awesome. No, I don't think that you cancel this social event of the season. For um, someone that duped you? Yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think they would, they, he was, I think he's avoiding embarrassing himself by not revealing the truth behind him, and he's avoiding embarrassing the family. Um, I think he's got plenty of reason not to tell them the truth. Yeah, I agree. All right. Plus, he's just pissed at himself. He doesn't want to talk about it probably to anybody because he didn't. He probably didn't think that he could have been used that badly because normally it's him that's you know gets these toys and <laughs> drops them off. Plus, so he, the whole dynamic of the family. The parents are probably going to yell at him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Even though I could see him just saying, we were duped. What are you going to do? You know, just move on. But, yeah, who knows? We, we, I mean, the mother was a little little uh, quirky, as was the father, but the mother for sure. Um, because she could be easily influenced. The father couldn't, but she definitely, as we saw was manipulated completely by this uh, this kid. Well, the father often just seemed in his own little world, in a way. Um, and, and not as connected. 
he was I, I don't know I, I'm not I can't put my finger on how to just on it or like I can't quite describe it but he was just seemed more self-involved in a way yeah yeah sure um you're like oh put on my suit of armor you know it's just sort of that I, I I don't know um he just seemed off I thought like I said I think it was a great performance that that scene with Richard E. Grant uh breaking down over trying to write the check and we've uh-huh. seen this scene how many times before? How yeah. much money will it take for you to go away? You know, where you see the the patriarch of the matriarch of the family break out the 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 the, the, the checkbook in the folder, mm-hmm. you know, try to get the uh the person stop dating their son or their daughter or whatever it is, and we've seen this so many times, and I've never seen it done better than this. Um and, and the flip side being the way that he's just passively aggressively playing him mm-hmm. to I'm guessing just coax even more money out of him. Right. Right, right, right. Yep. Let's see. Anything else that we wanted to bring up? All right, I guess. Oh, uh, there was. Yeah, go on, Mike. There was the other body, which I don't think we we we, we alluded to. Uh, so there was the drinking of the cum from the, <laughs> the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, yeah one then, more time, just make Phil squirm. Well, we, we and we you mean the vampire scene, right? And then there's the vampire scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's uh, another scene you're talking about, Mike. No, I was saying the vampire scene. Did, did we specifically state what what happened in that scene? I don't no. think so. Yeah, we yeah, did not. He, yeah, he goes down on the daughter in the moonlight uh, after she tells him it's probably not the right time of month. What was, was, was rephrase that? The sister, the sister, uh, the sister rather. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, the sister. Yeah, uh, that makes right. it better. Yeah, it makes, <laughs> it sound, it makes it sound a lot better actually. He does the um, mother later. Yes. Oh my god, that's right. I don't remember that. I don't remember that part. It, it was the scene when, when she's unconscious. Uh, with, uh, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, he does. Right, okay. I was thinking a conscious moment happened at some point, and I missed it. <laughs> now, there is a scene after the party where they show them dumping something down the toilet, and there's a shit stain on the toilet. There's a scene where there's vomit in a sink. Yeah, that was what gross. it looks like. Yeah, that uh, was so really the only bad. bodily fluid we're missing at that point is uh, is urine. Was there a pissing scene? I'm forgetting. <laughs> that's, I don't that's think so. Yeah, they, I'm surprised they they, they, so they didn't get. So they didn't they, go all the way around the world, then, huh? They tried. Yeah, really gross. Really gross. But stuff. I mean, menstrual blood's usually the hard one to work in there. Uh, yeah. Uh, Credit for balls. Not not many filmmakers go there. <laughs> True that. Oh no question. Well, I, I still I still have to say that the the drinking of the semen was 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 the most horrifying of all. That was gross. <laughs> Is it a bath? Oh my god, it was just because it came out of nowhere. That was like the first scene that we knew the guy was nuts. And it was like what the? F-? And it was like <laughs> and I was like, oh okay, hey, they're going. Hey, you know what? Here's a here's one thing. Softly judgmental. There, there were no outcries that I saw from any of the various LGBTQ plus community people about the fact that a 
an LGBTQ plus person was was being portrayed portrayed as a psychopath, um, which there often is, and and understandably, and maybe they're the people with um, sometimes they have a point. Yeah, and sometimes yeah, they absolutely there are times where they might have a point. You know, like I remember them complaining about Buffalo Bill uh, in Silence of the Lambs. Um, <laughs> waiting for me too. But so I guess we're, so. So that's which is good because you know again they can be they can be fucking psychopaths too. What can people? Yeah, yeah, it's just people. the char- it's just the character. That's why I don't want, understand why people get upset by that stuff. Well, I understand it's something to get upset about. Yeah, people just when, if you exactly. feel that that's the only time you get represented, um, if they, that, that, there are a lot there. of white crazies out there, white Caucasian <laughs> yeah. guy crazies. I mean, There's they're... John Wayne Gacy. I mean, for reals, most not just most representation in films. Serial killers are yeah, white. but but if you look, how many? Oh my, do we have to go in this conversation? I'm just saying how many. I'm just saying. I was just glad that there was no complaints. I'm glad too. I don't even care. They can go fuck off. Hear <laughs> <laughs> that? Bill go. hates the gays. No, I, I hate I hate complainers on the internet on social media. <laughs> Suck. You just have to <laughs> find <laughs> something to complain about. Yeah, exactly. It's like. So whatever you know. Oh my god, they suck. I gotta be Make so a movie for yourself so. if you don't like what it's about. Yes, yes. Ugh, people, it's all the representation you want with your own film. Right, right. I, whatever. I, I don't even. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's move. I, I can't talk, stand talking about that crap. <laughs> That's worse than the semen in people the bathroom. Opinions. Oh, that, that's worse. <laughs> that that is semen water. That is worse than semen water. You're damn right. <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, I can't believe we're talking about semen water. This is a weird night. I'm happy to say I don't have a basis for comparison there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're that happy about it, Mike. That was a sick burn, man. Uh, uh, let's see. What else? Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up about um, this film? Is it? I'm good. I'm good, too. Yeah, all right. Let's move on. Oh, wait. uh, I have one final point. So do you think that all the hubbub about this movie, because I feel like it got a lot of, like, people just talking, was the final, you know, minute and a half or whatever where he's walking through the house naked? What about it? I mean, people were talking about it. It it just meant he was insane. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It just felt like a a very lengthy scene. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That wasn't the only yeah. thing that was lengthy. <laughs> true. Yeah. And and I have read that that was not a prosthetic. Yeah, good for him. That's, that's what happened. I guess Irish people are are, are well endowed. <laughs> good for that him. one, huh? Yeah, at least that one. Um, and uh, yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's like like you know, this movie said uh, nudity, sexual. It's like ooh, this is gonna be some good stuff, and it's like. I, 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 what's this? I'm seeing some guy. Got a guy's junk. Nudity, Phil. Yeah, and now got we a guy's know junk. Phil was really anxious to to cover the movie this week. Well, he, I, he I, was going to get see boobies, and he didn't. <laughs> well, well, I, I, dude, dude, like, Ross Pike and and um, Allison Oliver in the film was like, oh, great, yeah, this could be good. This could be good. But just got Wang. 
Yeah. <laughs> and we're not talking about the Chinese manservant. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, that scene at the end, I, I didn't know that it was uh, talked about because, again, I, I went in completely blank and I didn't even have a time to read reviews much about it except for the one. Well, on no, the- I didn't know what happened. I just they were talking about how I don't know. I'm trying to think of the, the feeling I got when the movie was being talked about like it was it felt like it had to do with that scene. I guess. What were they saying about that scene? <laughs> they weren't saying it about the scene. They were saying it about the movie and how just messed up it was or something. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Never mind. Sure. Move on. <laughs> sure, no, I sure. think I, I think this film got attention because it's um it's on Amazon Prime and free. It was a what? No, it's because it was a it was a prestige film. It did get a small theatrical window to release. Uh the the director had done films of note and award nominations before. Um, People were talking about it during the theatrical release, Phil. You just weren't paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And and people just, um, I I think we're divided on it. Um, I don't think, like I said, I was not a fan of Promising Young Woman. I don't expect other people to have the the problems with the script that I did. Um, And, and, and it was, and that was a movie that flowed and, and was more, more accessible uh this is a film you have to pay attention to and you uh have to have some patience for and even then it might not work for you that's true so did this get nominated for best picture no no it got no nominations you know why because margot wabi was a producer in patriarchy (laughs) Shut the fuck up. <laughs> People complain about nothing. It's like, oh my god, it's so stupid. Moving on. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh For the second time. Yes, yes. Yes, until Mike brings it up again. Um, or, or, <laughs> or, or something related to it um all right so uh let's see what time we have here we've been recording for an hour and 50 minutes so not too much time left so uh let's do uh some house cleaning stuff first just get that out of the way so uh, eric you actually do another podcast with your buddy dan i do it's a general interest podcast called the scansity podcast that's spelled a-s-k-a-n-c-i-t-y you can find it wherever you get podcasts Indeed. And, uh, Mike, uh, there's a new po- or, or a podcast that we're rebeginning again uh, on February 12th, 2022, that we're 22, 2024, <laughs> that we're uh, reviewing uh, a TV show. What's, what's that podcast all called? About? Yeah, and all of that may or may not, in fact, sometime be true at some point now in the past, present, or future. And that podcast <laughs> may or may not be Cortana's Communiques, uh, which may be a new or old or returning podcast, which is a Part podcast. Two. <laughs> about uh, the Paramount Plus. Yep, Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus TV oh. series that may or may not be based on a Microsoft video game series that may or not be called Halo. Um, <laughs> which we're waiting to the second season to see if, in fact, it is indeed based on that video game. Uh, <laughs> which is our way of saying you may want to just fast forward through the first season and join us for the second season which is debuting uh, like right about now. Yes. 
Yeah, actually, it may be right about now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, look next week for the first episode of season two of uh, the Cortana Communique podcast, uh, which is can be found at, under that feed, as well as the episodes will be dropped on the Dark Discussions podcast feed as well. Uh, Barrett, what's that uh, podcast that me and you do on the side where we have a uh, general co-host that join us? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. What's that all about? Uh, we review pretty much lots of genre stuff. We've done book reviews, author reviews, or author interviews, uh, director interviews, actor interviews. We do all sorts of things on there. We have a special June month for LGBTQ month. Um, yeah. It's got a lot going on. All sorts of things. Any of those yeah. things? bathtub <laughs> it's like semen in the bathtub is that what you're saying mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, now uh eric uh what's uh, that podcast that, that me you and uh, mike do what's that one Send an old cart whenever that happens again and what's what's that all about anyway it's stuff <laughs> but something about the tom cruise isn't it uh, we actually did a Rosman Pike uh, film on that, uh, the Jack Reacher film. She was one of the co-leads. On. Uh, she was also in Hostiles. That's right. Yeah. So it's 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 a Rosman Pike, Pike podcast. podcast. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Miss Alpern would have fell over there if it hadn't stopped here. Um, all right. So I do have the top ten podcasts in the past month uh, in the Dark Discussion. So uh, here we go. Number ten is the Dark Discussions Podcast, episode 606, The New Year's Bucket List. Uh, number nine, The King of Kaiju, Monarch, A Legacy of Monsters Podcast, episode nine, Axis Monday. Number seven. Nine. I mean, number eight, number eight, number eight. And uh, this one is tied with, uh, so number eight in, is and number seven a tied, so I was kind of correct. Um, but it's kind of weird, and I mentioned this offline to Eric, but uh, one of the two is Dark Discussions Podcast, episode 542, Howard's Mill. And I said I, it suddenly just started popping up everywhere on our feed as in being downloaded. And I, was, I said to Eric, I go, I, there's someone that worked on the film must have. Have have found the episode and, and told everybody Weird about it or something. Yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah. I have a question. Yeah, what was that movie? That was the one about the found footage in like Kentucky or Alabama or something or Georgia, where actually I think it was Tennessee. But either way, like, it was it disappeared or something. Yeah, it was like a time yeah. travel alien type film. Yeah, yeah. It was another gray okay. thing that didn't have grays. Yeah, and and then the, the the girl got teleported back into the future, but she was was uh, teleported. All oh, right, there was the pond, and she drowned, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, with a name like but like Howard's Mill, it sounds like a, a '90s Merchant Ivory film. I'm not sure if that is Davis or something. It just uh... hey Phil, are there any real gray films? Uh, <laughs> not too much. Not too much. Not too many, uh, unfortunately. Um, and then the other tied for seventh, eighth place was uh, episode six oh seven, Dark Harvest. Harvest. Dark Harvest. Harvest. Then yeah. number six is King of Kaiju, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters podcast, the debut episode about episodes one and two. And then we have Dark Discussions podcast for number five, episode six oh eight, 
suitable flesh. And then we got number four is King of Kaju, Monarch of Legacy of Monsters, episode 10, uh, the, the finale. And then we have Dark Discussions, episode 610 for number three, which is Fallen, the Denzel Washington film. Then we have number two, uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, volume 56, Genre News of 2023 and 2024. And then episode one, the top uh, podcast in the past month is episode 609, 2023 recap episode, the best of. There we go. Say, Phil, I have a question. Yeah. The track. <laughs> From the first 150. Yeah, I still have to load, reload. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. You knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Anyway, uh, uh, so that's uh, pretty much the stuff. We, we're at um, uh hour and 56 minutes, so I think we can probably wrap up tonight's episode. Uh, so uh, let's give our final thoughts on this movie here. So let's start with you, Eric. Saltburn. Yeah, I like this movie. I didn't love it just because of the slow pacing uh, left me really antsy. Uh, during the beginning of the movie. Uh, but overall, and I enjoyed the story in its totality. Um, and I really enjoyed all the acting in this movie. I think it's a, it's a quality film that won't be for everyone. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. For me. Um, yeah, it's a pretty solid film. Uh, nothing original to be honest. Uh, though it did have gross out moments that, uh, would make it original if we haven't been doing this podcast for so long, seeing so many freaky movies. um, so I can see why it got talked from mainstream people who actually saw it at theaters. Um, but all in all, it was it was fine. It was it was a solid film. I, I quote unquote liked it. Uh, it's not it's like Mysterious Skin. It's a film that was was a really good film, but I would never watch it again. Um, and it wasn't entertaining in the sense that, gee, I just came out of a movie and I'm having fun today. So it's not that type of film at all. So it's not a recommend that way. But if you like dark. Uh, weird films. This this one would work for you. Uh, and as Eric said, it's, it's well made. Uh, let's go, Hugh Barrett. Yeah, I like this film. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. And like you just said, it is not really like an upper of a movie. It doesn't make you uh, happy coming out of it. Um, you you so, said come. You said come. <laughs> Phil is on the semen water take. Okay. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it's a good film. I don't think I'll revisit it, um, and but I can recommend seeing it once. It's worth seeing. All right, sounds good. And uh, Mike, what do you got? Well, I would like to say that uh, now we are in our second film for Black History Month, and we have picked possibly the whitest film we've ever done. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I enjoyed the film. I totally get anybody who won't. Um, I, I don't know that if, if I was supposed to find it as funny as I did, uh, I just really enjoyed the dialogue and, and the characters and the characterization, um, and, and the performances really were just terrific. Um, so but I, I think it's at least worth a one-time watch if you are certainly a fan of, uh, if you can take, I, I don't really want to call it slow burn because there's really not much of a burn here. Um. But if you can, if you are fine with films that are uh, deliberately paced, then I would definitely give this a recommend. 
All right, sounds good. Uh, also, uh, February is French Canadian Heritage Month. So there you go. No. It's true. It's true. It's at the all our month. You, you go. You go into the library up here. Any library up here in New Hampshire? Maybe. Uh, maybe an hour. <laughs> They're Canadian. Come on. Quebecos. Anyway. Um, all right. So uh, that's our thoughts on the film. Uh, this film once again was called Saltburn, uh, named after the manor house of uh, one of the characters. Uh, the film uh, was directed by. French, uh, French, uh, English director Emerald Fennel, as well as written by her. It stars Barry Kagan, Jacob Alordi, Rosamund Pike, Richard E. Grant, Allison Oliver, Archie Medicway, Medicway, and uh, what's her name? Carrie Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Uh, the film uh, is available right now on Prime. Uh, for free for those who subscribe to uh, that service. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh, uh, that's our review. So with all that stated, Eric, why don't you leave us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in. Let's just talk about Saltburn. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. <laughs>